Is your salsa lifeless and unappetizing? Are you tired of your standard order of sad, uninspired refried beans? Are your sides in desperate need of a habanero zing? It's time to try the Milan Taco, serving you a piping hot empanada of zesty current affairs topped off with a spicy social media minute and a crispy churro-licious fact of the day. Your life is about to get jalapenoed up. Tune in, put on your sombrero, and I'll give you some guac and my thoughts. 2,006,513. That's the number of confirmed cases worldwide of the coronavirus. The US has the highest number of cases with 617,628 and just under 27,000 deaths. South Africa has 2,415 confirmed cases and 410 recovered with 27 deaths. It is day 20 of the lockdown in South Africa, and the day South Africa recorded its first positive COVID-19 case was on the 5th of March, and that was a day that altered our way of life drastically, and South Africans will not be able to return to their normal way of doing things. This is according to the chief epidemiologist at the center of the country's COVID-19 fight, that's Professor Salim Abdul Karim. He is working with the government in the fight against the coronavirus, and he has some sobering news stating that there will be no return to normal. COVID-19 has drastically altered the way we live, and it will continue to do so in the future as people become more aware of everyday preventative measures they need to take. Karim was sharing a harsh truth by saying he is sorry that life is not going to be what it was like before. Our lives have changed since the 5th of March when we saw the first case. Before then, it was somebody else's problem. Our lives where we go back to after this lockdown are simply not going to be the same. When you go into a business meeting, you will not go and sit right next to the person that you are meeting with. You will automatically now want to keep some kind of distance. He also went on and said that you will not be shaking hands with the person you are meeting because you will be deeply concerned that you do not want to be part of spreading the virus. Globally, people need to learn that this is how we need to live in the new environment. And this, of course, will be riddled with challenges. So we're going to have to learn to live in a way where we will lose that soft touch that comes with being close to those we love, those we care about, because in order to protect them, we're going to have to keep some distance. Karim also said that there will be many other issues that South Africans and the rest of the world will need to deal with, including medical challenges, mental health challenges, and economic challenges. With so much of society shut down amid the coronavirus pandemic, the big question on everyone's minds will remain, when will things go back to normal? The answer isn't straightforward and in some cases can be hard to swallow. According to Microsoft co-founder and philanthropist Bill Gates, he says, we can open up in certain ways, hopefully in the US, by early June if things go well. But it won't be where you're doing large public gatherings or even filling up a restaurant. Gates has previously said that he expects students to return to school this fall. He has repeatedly warned against a full return to normality until a vaccine is available for the general population. So his understanding is it'll be a semi-normal return until the vaccine is out and they're in billions of doses. 
And a vaccine is still at least 18 months away. So until you've got that vaccine widely used, life will still not be back to normal. There are some things he said that are unlikely to ever return to normal. There are a few things like business trips that he doubts will never go back, as according to him, it's simply a measure of necessity and risk. In the case of high school, he thinks that social activity, like making friends, hanging out, that you get by being there physically, that's totally irreplaceable. But business trips, not so much. There will still be business trips, but you know, less. I agree with Professor Karim and Bill Gates. Remote working in most companies was highly sought after as they bring a host of benefits for the organization. Many companies have tried various ways of allowing employees to work remotely, but still create good productivity. Now, this lockdown coupled with the state of South Africa shows unity between organizations and their employees to work to the best of their abilities in these tough times. The South African Petroleum Retailers Association, which represents approximately 750 fuel stations, has requested that all customers wear masks when they enter convenience stores. This follows government advice that South Africans should start wearing cloth masks to help limit the spread of COVID-19. The director for SEPRA, Vishal Premlal, he went on and said that the masks could help protect customers as well as workers at petrol stations. As essential workers, employees at petrol stations don't have the option of staying at home. Instead, they risk their health every day, not only on public transport to reach the workplace, but also serving hundreds of customers who may or may not be infected. That's why our request to wear masks is a serious one. The coronavirus crisis has brought into sharp focus the need for personal accountability. And around the world, there is a move towards more responsible caring. Wearing a mask is part of this. It's not merely about making sure you don't contract the virus. It's also taking a proactive step to prevent spreading it if you don't know that you've been infected. Now, home masks offer much less protection compared to surgical masks and those N95 masks, but they are better than nothing, according to most medical professionals. This is why the health minister, William Kize, also went on and said that South Africans should wear cloth masks to preserve medical masks for healthcare workers. It really sounds like South Africans are looking out for each other and ensuring that this spread of COVID-19 is contained before things can return to normal. But it's not all good news abroad. US President Donald Trump has been heavily criticized for halting funds to the World Health Organization amid the global coronavirus pandemic. The US is the biggest contributor to the World Health Organization and in the year 2019, they donated $400 million to the organization. Now, this accounts for almost 15% of the World Health Organization's total budget. The head of the WHO said it was reviewing the cut's impact to ensure our work continues uninterrupted. They went on and said that we regret the decision of the President of the United States to order a halt in the funding to the WHO, adding that the US has been a long-standing and generous friend and we hope it will continue to do so. A decision on whether the US resumes funding will be made after the review which, according to Trump, said it would last between 60 and 90 days. 
There's also far more going on in the international space, especially in China, and we'll save that for another serving on the Milan Taco. Have you ever wondered what's deemed an essential service? As some people in South Africa, or many, have received essential services permit. A well-known South African chef and My Kitchen Rules South Africa contestant, Luyanda Mafania, has lost her essential services permit after she tweeted about delivering a prepared food during the lockdown. Mafania on Tuesday afternoon tweeted that she was off to deliver some grub, and attached to the post were pictures of cooked chicken and vars. The company's and intellectual property commission's Twitter account soon replied that the delivery of prepared food is not an essential service under the COVID-19 lockdown regulations, and that delivery is only allowed for essential products. It said that it will be revoking Mafania's essential services permit and that it will be handing over the revoked application to the Department of Trade and Industry to proceed with legal action. By Tuesday evening, the SIPSI's business registration unit, Biz Portal, replied to Mafania that her essential services permit had been revoked and that she will be receiving an email from them. As always, Twitter is not boring, and people mocked it. They went on and tweeted and asked her when she saw McDonald's, KFC, and Debonair's clothes, as well as Uber Eats not delivering food, did you think they did not have access to the Sipsi website? It just shows that people are pretty aware of those that breach the lockdown regulations, as following this tweet, another user tweeted Sipsi and stated that they see that Bukhara restaurant is now offering home deliveries during the lockdown and asked if it's allowed. And the Sipsi immediately responded and said it's not and they're revoking their certificate. It's very refreshing to see South Africa taking such a harsh stance and ensuring people abide by lockdown regulations, especially those that try and free from what's deemed as essential business. But if you think that's odd, delivering ready-made food, WWE resumes live shows as it's deemed an essential business. And this is more because it's critical to Florida's economy. So CNN had reported that an order that was signed on Thursday allows employees at professional sports and media production to continue filming if the location is closed to the general public. On Monday, the WWE resumes live televised shows. In a statement to ESPN, the organization said, We believe it is now more important than ever to provide people with a diversion from these hard times. We are producing content on a closed set with only essential personnel in attendance following appropriate guidelines while taking additional precautions to ensure the health and wellness of our performers and staff. As a brand that has been woven into the fabric of society, WWE and its superstars bring families together and deliver a sense of hope, determination and perseverance. I'm not too sure about this one. It's not all doom and gloom in the US, as engineers have figured out how to turn breast pumps into ventilators. Of course, the surge of patients infected with the coronavirus has caused medical supply shortages all over the US. These shortages in personal protection equipment include face masks, gloves, and hospital gowns. While the companies and individuals have been donating and making products to supplement hospitals' needs, there is still a major deficit of ventilators. These ventilators are essential as they help healthcare workers treat critically ill COVID-19 patients. 
but they often cost anywhere from 450,000 to 900,000 rand, and many hospitals don't have enough money to purchase the amount they need to handle the spikes in new patients. Luckily, there could be a lower cost option available to medical professionals. That's what a group of Maryland engineers is working on as they attempt to design a ventilator using a breast pump. Brandy Gerstner, her husband Grant, and two other engineers speculated about how many people might have breast pumps around the house that they weren't using. They asked themselves, could those portable machines be retooled into ventilators? Their main challenge was to make it blow rather than suck. So Brandy was able to grab a screwdriver and a knife, and sure enough, she could turn it around very, very easily. But reversing the suction was only the first step in transforming these pumps into potential ventilators. The team also needed to synchronize the timing of the airflow with the medically recommended inhale-exhale ratio. She went on and said that we soldered a few pins onto the control board of the breast pump to turn it on and off. And the team is currently on their third prototype. Surely safety is their first priority and primary focus, so they'll be providing updates on this, and who knows, it could be something really, really cool for the rest of the world to perhaps adopt, and you can check out the progress on her YouTube page if you search Brandy Gerstner. South Africa is getting a special three-digit phone number for COVID-19 emergencies. The phone number 111 or 111 has been designated for use by South Africa's COVID-19 National Emergency Services. In regulations that were published on Wednesday, ICASA harmonized and mandated that number for use during the coronavirus crisis. Using its power to designate special phone numbers such as 112 for emergencies, Calls and SMSs to that number will be free. In terms of the regulations, the shortcode number will be put to use for three months after the end of South Africa's national state of disaster. South Africa has no formal COVID-19 emergency service, but the National Institute of Communicable Diseases operates a special toll-free number to deal with questions, especially those who believe they may have COVID-19. South Africa also has a WhatsApp platform for COVID-19 information and advice. Telephone companies and ICASA itself were not immediately available to speak to when the 111 number would be active as a COVID-19 hotline or exactly where calls and SMSs would be routed. Some countries use the 111 number for medical advice that is not life-threateningly urgent in order to take some load off the emergency call centers such as South Africa's 112. In New Zealand, by contrast, 111 is the long-used life-threatening emergency number with the number 105 later introduced to reach the police for non-emergency issues in order to take the load off their 111 call center. I mentioned something of ICASA in the first serving of the Milintako about government sending SMSs and a lot of people were saying they weren't receiving. And I'm glad to say that those have been coming through since last week, Friday, the 10th of April. All of these SMSs end with a message from government. I initially stated that two SMSs would be sent every day, and by the looks of things, I've been receiving one every day except for Saturday. That's your current affairs for this serving of the Milintako, and let's move on to your fact of the day. Here's one that could be low since we're all in a lockdown. Kids apparently ask 300 questions a day. 
A 2013 UK study from online retailer littlewoods.com observed young children and recorded the questions they asked adults around them. The children tended to turn to their mothers for answers, and these mums could end up answering an average of nearly 300 questions per day, or one question every two and a half minutes. Other mums reported that the hardest questions they were asked included, why is water wet? And what are shadows made of? Let me know how this fact is doing for you if you have young ones that are with you during the lockdown. That's your fact of the day on the Milan Taco, and we end off with your social media minute. The first hashtag we checking out on Twitter is hashtag day 20 of lockdown. Now here's a tweet that speaks to a lot of what was discussed earlier in this podcast by user at Happy Bear who says, How's it actually going to work? Are the masses going to head back to work and school all on the same day and then it's back to business as normal? Well, we'll have to see about this one. Some brains on Twitter as well with a user at JAXB125 saying our numbers will continue to increase if people continue to try and find loopholes and reasons to be out and about. Hashtag day 20 of lockdown. A very strange thing that's trending on social media and being sent around in WhatsApp groups as well is hashtag egg challenge. At Afrocentric M says South Africans wearing masks in public to keep them safe from COVID-19 in South Africa. Do the hashtag egg challenge and die from salmonella. <laughs> Another user at Clint underscore ZA says, Seems I mingle in intelligent circles. I'm seeing warnings against the raw egg challenge and I'm oblivious to what it is. Based on the health concerns expressed, I presume it has something to do with eating them. Let nature take its course, I say. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Milan Taco. I welcome your suggestions on my podcast journey on Twitter at J-U-S-T-M-E-E-L-A-N. With that, I hang up my sombrero, unimpressed with technology, as I cannot download food. The Milan Taco.